So this evening, you know, as we continue to study through this book, Spiritual uh, Leadership, we'll be covering chapters 5 and 6. And we'll be looking at number 1, the leadership potential for the man of God and the qualifications for the Christian leader. And as we look at the different men of the Bible, you know, who God called and He used in in powerful ways as, as leaders for His kingdom... You know, we look at, we see them that they were just men, you know, men like all of us. And men that were, uh, had their weaknesses, they had their struggles, but yet they responded to this leading, uh, this calling that God had for their lives. And ultimately, of course, God used them in powerful ways. You know, men like Abraham, uh, men like Moses, Joshua, Jacob, Joseph, they were all just men and they had their struggles. Um, but yet they, they still obeyed and, and God as, as He called them and, and God used them in, in mighty ways. And no doubt that when they were called, they, they had their doubts regarding their potential as being uh, a leader, being used by God. They had their doubts, but yet ultimately they obeyed the calling. And we're reminded also of the disciples. You know, when Jesus called the disciples to follow Him, and ultimately, they, how he uses them in a mighty way, we're reminded the apostles also were just common people. You know, they were simple people. They were uneducated, even uncultured. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. And they really were looked upon as really not having much potential by others. And even them themselves, they, they also didn't feel that they had any potential to be uh, in a role of leadership be following Jesus and, and, and to follow Him in, in, in ways that He called them to follow. So they had their doubts as well. But even, even though they had their doubts, of course God already knew that they had a potential. And God already had a plan for their lives. And that's what we need to be reminded of, that really as God sees us, He sees potential. He sees potential for every one of us here tonight. He sees a potential to lead. And it's all, all, all really up to us whether we're going to ultimately submit to that calling to serve that role of, of being a leader, whether it be in our household, whether it be here in the church. So it's all about obedience to that calling that we have as men. And if you could turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, In uh, verse uh, 26, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world. And the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. And some of you may not see any potential in your life to be a spiritual leader for God's kingdom, but God does. 
And that's what we need to hang on to. You know, you might convince yourself that you're not equipped. Maybe you're lacking education. Maybe you, you've fallen short in many ways. Maybe you've sinned in the past in ways that you feel that God will not forgive you. And you're, you're allowing this past to, to hinder you from seeing that potential as, as being a leader. And we, we forget that God, of course, forgives us. His grace covers us. And yet He still uses us despite our shortcomings. As He used the, the disciples, He will use us despite uh, what we've done and what, whatever shortcoming we've had in the past. And why don't we go ahead and turn to uh, Exodus, please, in, in chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, we'll be uh, reading uh, verses 1 through 10. Here we see uh, the calling on Moses' life by God, you know, the commission that he gives Moses, and ultimately we'll see the response that Moses gives. But let's go ahead and read, uh, starting in verse 1 of Exodus 3. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Pezzarites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them, Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So, let's stop there. Here, again, we see God calls on Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. And to get a better perspective on really where Moses was spiritually and what where his condition of his heart was, we, we, we're reminded, really, that... Prior to this, he had been raised in the in the comfort and in the riches of Egypt under Pharaoh, and and he eventually, of course, ends up killing this Egyptian who's beating on this Hebrew slave, and 
as, he, as Moses is discovered by other Hebrew slaves and even criticized for his lack of loyalty, of course he runs away in fear for his life. He knew that Pharaoh would be after him. He knew that Pharaoh would kill him if he caught up to him. So Moses, you know, he flees to the land of Medium where he, where he, he dwelt for a number of years until he finally receives this calling from God. And so spiritually, Moses was struggling with his past. He was struggling with, with the guilt and the condemnation, of course, of committing this murder and the feeling of doubt, of course, in God's forgiveness and, and the feeling, of course, of unworthiness to ever even being used by God. So these are things that were going in Moses' heart. They're going on spiritually. That's where he was at. And now he receives this calling from God. And of course, he had his doubt, right? He had his doubt in the potential to do these things that God was commanding him to do. And we read on in in verse uh, 11 and 12, we see the response by Moses to this calling of leading the people out of Israel. It says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And let's skip to chapter 4 of Exodus, verse 1. We see another response by Moses on, on God's commission to speak to the children of Israel. And we read in, ver, in chapter, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Let's skip to verse 10 of the same chapter. We see here the response of Moses to God's commission uh, to speak to Pharaoh. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord, Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. These responses by Moses were responses of doubt. They were responses of insecurity. They were responses of fear. In a way, question God's calling for him. And Moses, of course, did not feel he had the potential uh, and and, and, and he felt that he didn't have what it would take for him to carry out God's command. And many times, you know, as we are called by, by God, don't we also doubt regarding our potential to lead in God's ways? You know, don't, he, when He calls us to lead, don't we have a doubt in our potential? And many times we allow our past failures, our past sins, and our insecurities to make us doubt our potential and worthiness to serve our Lord in the, in the capacity of, of a leader. And that's what we struggle with. You know, and, and that's, of course, the flesh that will come in as well in the way and hinder us from having that desire and, 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 and want to follow through with this calling that the Lord has for us. And as Moses questioned his potential to fulfill God's calling for him, God already knew Moses had what it took. He reassured him, he equipped him, he empowered him to carry out these commands. 
And that's the God that we serve, that He will do the same for us. As He calls us, as He sees the potential for every one of us to lead, He's going to equip us by the power of His Holy Spirit to be those leaders that He calls us to be. And and He's going to encourage us throughout the whole process. And we hang on to those promises. You know, we, we, He equips us. We, we have our responsibility to equip ourselves as well, to get in the Word and to be praying and asking the Lord for that direction and that strengthening and that encouragement to be that leader that He calls us to be in, in our lives. And for all of us men, we all have the godly potential to be leaders for God's kingdom. And the important aspect to this potential is whether or not we will yield and obey God's calling and allow God to empower us to carry out His plan for us. That's up to us. How are we going to respond? And as men of God, we are called to lead and set a godly example for others to follow. It starts with us as men of God. It shouldn't start with our wives. It shouldn't start with our kids. We need to set the example. We need to, 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 to step up to the plate and be the leaders that God calls us to be. In whatever area that He calls us to be. And you may feel that your calling is, is not to be a spiritual leader. Maybe because you have no interest in being a pastor. Or maybe you have no interest in teaching. Maybe you have no interest in being a, 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 a ministry leader. But the fact of the matter is that as men of God, we are all called to lead. You know, as men of God, we are all called to lead by setting a godly example to others who may not know Christ. Here in the church, we're called to lead uh, other Christians who are immature in the Lord, and, and, and they need that, in, that leading to help them mature in the faith. You know, so in this, in this church, the, it starts with us men. You know, it starts from our pastor, it starts, and then it follows through with, with the rest of us men. But unfortunately, in, in many Many instances, the women are leading. The women are, are, are stepping up to the plate, and, and the men are in the background, and, and they're not leading how, in the ways that, that the Lord calls us to lead. You know, we are called to be spiritual leaders of our homes, you know, leading our wives and our children in the ways of the Lord. But how often do we neglect that area? You know, how often do we allow other, other things, other distractions, other, other responsibilities, other cares of the world to get in the way in, in, this, in this commission that God has given us at home? Our, 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 our wives should not be, again, leading that ministry at home. As men, we've been entrusted with that ministry at home to lead our wives, to lead our kids, to be teaching them, and, and to be setting that that. that that example and that standard. You know, for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's so true. And we need to live by that. We need to abide by that. And one thing that we should also be reminded of is that spiritual leadership is not just a calling that God has for us. It's also an awesome privilege that He has entrusted for every one of us. It's a privilege to be able to lead others in the ways of the Lord. And that's a blessing for all of us men. And we should be faithful to, to fulfill that. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 12-16, Timothy is reminded by Paul on the importance of being faithful in setting a godly example in the ministry that he was entrusted with. And let me just read that. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12-16. through 16. 
says, let no one despise your, your youth. Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. These were, again, instructions for young Timothy on how he should be leading this ministry that he was entrusted with. And, and, and Paul uh, brings up these, these different areas that he needed to be faithful in to be able to be an effective leader in this ministry. And these are areas, again, that we need to also glean off of and, and, and be striving to really to, to be able to do these things to be that much more effective leaders in whatever ministry He has for us as leaders. And as men of God, we all should desire you know, to, to fulfill that potential that God has for us. You know, and, and it's out of our love for Christ and, and out of our, our desire to serve Him that, that we should desire to be the spiritual leaders that He calls us to be. You know, that, that should be our response. You know, and, and as we ask ourselves the question, you know, do we have the potential to be a leader? I mean, I, I could ask right now, who here has, feels they have the potential to be a leader for God's kingdom? Raise your hand. It should be all of our hands, right? We are all, all have that potential to, to be leaders. And the answer really should be yes, yeah, we have that potential. And, but the thing is, whether we fulfill that potential is really entirely dependent on our willingness to obey God's calling and obey God's word. And as we respond to God's calling to lead, He will refine us. He will strengthen us in those areas that need to be strengthened to be that leader that He calls us to be. It's all about, again, responding and being faithful. And as we're faithful in allowing you know, this growth to take place in our walks, we're just going to be that much more powerful in our leadership roles. We need to submit. We need to receive instruction. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in our lives. And He will build us up uh, to the leaders that, that we need to be to be effective. But we rely on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The author mentions several areas of leadership potential that, that we should consider as we examine where each of us is at is it uh, spiritually and where we're falling short. And these are this list is 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 a is a list of areas that we could either it could either help us confirm that we're in the right track or it could convict us in those areas that we really should be praying that God will do a work. In, in, our, in, in those areas in our lives as we serve God. And allow the Holy Spirit to, to change certain behaviors that need to be changed ultimately to be able to lead. And the heart of a true leader entails having a willing heart to receive uh, correction and receive instruction, right? And, and as we look at this list, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to, to first of all, help you receive 
You know, this is an area I'm falling short on. This is an area I need help in. This is an area that's getting in the way of me being a leader in my home. This is an area that's getting in, uh, in the way of me being a leader here in the church. You know, be honest with yourself. Be honest with the Lord. The Holy Spirit will do that work. But it's about be, you know coming, humbling yourself, and, and, and allowing Him to do the work. And, and He will empower you to remove you know, those weights that, that hinder us. From leading. And there's many weights, right? That many times get in the way and they, they serve as obstacles. So, first of all, how do you identify and deal with bad habits? You know, to lead others, we all must master our appetites. You know, this requires the power of the Holy Spirit to seek the things of the Spirit and not of the flesh. You know, we need to be living in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, walking by the power of the Spirit, and not allowing. The, the, the things of the flesh to come in. Self-control. You know, how, how, how well do you maintain self-control when things are going wrong? You know, are you losing it with your wife? Are you losing it with your kids every time things don't go your way? You know, are you losing patience with people in the church when they're not receiving your instruction or, 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 uh, or direction or advice We're not, when they're not listening to you? Are you losing self-control? You know, the leader who loses control under adversity forfeits respect and influence. And leaders need to be calm in crisis and, and resilient in disappointment. Are you able to make decisions independently or do you rely totally on the input of others? Are you unable to make a decision without the input of others? It's, it's good to consider uh, uh, input from others, but ultimately you should be able to make your decision that's led by the Spirit. So you can't be totally dependent on others telling you what to do. You follow their godly advice, yeah. And you follow the, the direction of, of, of the elders, of our pastor. But ultimately you want the Holy Spirit to confirm that in you too. And, and, and He will help you. And as, as a leader, you, you need to be able to make the decision after considering all you know, the input from, from, from everyone involved. How about humility? You know, and being able to receive correction or even criticism. You know, there's some Christian leaders, unfortunately, that un- they cannot receive correction or criticism from others. These are leaders in churches. They're not. They don't want to receive correction. They they feel that 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 their way is 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 the the only way that the the flawless way, and they they refuse to receive correction or or instruction or or any kind of input. And that's pride, right? And and we need to as leaders, we need to be open to criticism. We need to be open for others to, you know, because the Holy Spirit will. will will work through others and speak to us to, to share, hey brother, maybe this thing is, is not right, maybe we should go this direction. You need to be open to that. You can't be so closed off to that because you, you, you definitely will quench the work of the Holy Spirit. If we're, so, if we're allowing pride to, to, to make us so closed off to, to input from godly brothers and, 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 and the Holy Spirit. So pride definitely can get in the way. Are we being flexible, you know, when things do not go as planned? You know, blessed are the flexible, right? For they will not be broken. So, 
we cannot be so rigid to a point where we lose every we lose it every time things do not go as we planned. We need to be flexible. As leaders, we make decisions, we plan, and but things do sometimes don't go the way we planned. And we need to have that flexibility in in in, in us to be able to really have other options and consider other options as as things don't work out in the way we originally planned. So we can't be rigid. Can you instill respect and submission from others in a loving way? You know, so as you as a leader in ministry, are you having people follow you and respect you because you have led them in a loving, uh, in a patient way, in a godly way? Do they want to follow you because you have led them in that way? In our homes, you know, have we earned the respect and the submission from our wives and our children or are they rebelling? Have we turned them to wrath because of the way that we have led them or have not led them? We need to be careful. As a leader in the church or at home, can we discipline in a loving and a godly way? Or are we going to be tearing people down? Are we going to be destroying, being destructive in, in, in the way that we discipline people? Discipline needs to be done, of course, in gra- with grace in love and 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 not in a destructive way but many times unfortunately the way we discipline people will have a, a, a detrimental effect on the people that we are uh, disciplining whether it be here in the church or in at home are we being the peacemaker in the church and in our homes you know are we willing to die to self as others hurt us and are we willing to forgive them and still love them unconditionally you know of course ultimately with the goal of keeping the peace the bible tells us that we are to be at peace with all men that means being at peace with people in the church that means being at peace with our spouses that means being at peace with our children so if you're harboring unforgiveness, if you're harboring bitterness, resentment in your heart towards a brother in Christ, or towards your spouse, or towards your kids, you need to let go of that. Or else that, 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 that's going to erode at your ability to lead. If you're holding on to those things in your heart, you will not be able to effectively lead in your home or in the church. You need to let go of that. And no matter if that person does not deserve it, you still love that person, you forgive them. Are you trustworthy? You know, are you being faithful in the small things that are entrusted to you, or are you always flaking out and coming out with excuses why you did not do something you were asked to do? We need to be faithful. We need to be trustworthy. As someone entrusts something to you to do something here in the church, be faithful. God will bless your faithfulness. And, and, and the last thing he wants, of course, is flakiness and untrustworthiness. You know, and, 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 and that could happen if you just don't follow through with the things that are, are entrusted to you here in the church. God will test us in the, in the small things and ultimately he will entrust bigger things if we're faithful in, in doing those things. And are you secure and confident in the work you do for God, or are you totally dependent on having to receive praise from others? So do you get discouraged when people do not acknowledge your service? Do you, do you thrive on that acknowledgement as you serve God? 
You know, are you doing this service for God ultimately to, to get praise from men? Are you approachable? You know, do people feel comfortable to ask for your help and ask for a prayer? Do people come, or, or do they feel comfortable enough to lay down their burdens and ask for prayer from you? Or are you so closed off and so kind of caught up with your own thing that you don't have time to consider other people's needs or, 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 or let alone be willing to pray for this brother? We need to be approachable as leaders. And a true leader does show consideration, sympathy, and empathy for the needs of others and makes himself available. How often do we not make ourselves available? When you know very well this person is, is hurting, you know very well this person needs prayer, yet we turn the other way. Maybe because we're caught up with something we've got to do and we forget, hey, it's not about doing everything else, it's about... Have, have, you know, lifting this person up in prayer and, 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 and helping this person be restored. We need to be approachable. We need to be available. How about your communication? You know, how, how do we communicate with others as leaders? That's important. We need to be communicating in, in a way that's in love, in a way that's in gra- with grace, and in a way that's not going to tear down. It's going to edify. And, and the, our communication makes a big difference. They, you got, people need to see as you communicate that they need to see the joy of the Lord. They need to see the love of Christ in you in the way you communicate with them, whether it be verbally or non-verbally. Our communication makes a big difference. You know, and, and, and pray. If that's an area that you're falling short on, ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to, to communicate in a way that's going to be effective spiritually. Are you partial or, or a respecter of persons? You know, are you giving preferential treatment to some people and not others? And that's an important area we need to also, of course, be, be careful in. R.E. Thompson suggests the following test as we examine our leadership potential. Do other people's failures annoy or challenge you? Number two, do you use people or cultivate people? Number three, do you direct people or develop people? Four, do you criticize or encourage? And five, do you avoid or seek the person with a special need or problem? These are important characteristics to be considering as we do a self-examination in the way we are living and serving and leading. We need to be looking at these principles, these characteristics, as we examine ourselves you know, on whether we as men are truly living up to God's fullest potential for us as leaders. If there are areas that we see that we are falling short, then we need to do something about it, right? We need to change that behavior. And, and the author in this book states that the final test of leadership potential is whether you sit on the results of this self-examination or you do something about it. You know, the Holy Spirit will empower us to change undesirable behaviors. But we need to be willing to do something about it. And, and the Holy Spirit will definitely put those on your radar. These are red flags that you need to take care of. Don't put it aside. Don't, don't act like it's not there. Because it's not going to work. It's going to have its repercussions if you don't uh, uh, take care of that issue. Chapter 6 talks 
about what are the qualifications of a true leader. And as we look at this question, you know, about the qualifications of a true leader, we look at the Apostle Paul's insights on what those qualifications of Christian leaders are. And the Apostle Paul, you know, was undoubtedly the most influential leaders of, of the Christian faith, who through his life, his letters, that he, many letters that he, that, that he wrote, he instilled a sound foundation of what the Christian faith really was and should be, and what a true Christian leadership entails. A good person to, to listen to. And he was a natural leader, right? And he was well educated in Jewish law in the Old Testament. And he excelled in Judaism beyond many of his contemporary uh, 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 rabbis. And he was zealous, of course, for the traditions of his forefathers. He was a member of, of this prestigious Sanhedrin. But, and he led the opposition towards Christianity and persecuted many Christians. But what happened when he became converted to Christianity? He becomes a powerful and influential spiritual leader for the church. And he's responsible for helping start many churches. And he was called by God to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Awesome commission for a person who started with that kind of beginning. And his life and ambition after his conversion, of course, was totally centered on Christ. And, 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 and he became this great, powerful evangelist for the early church. And he knew that his ministry was all by God's grace. And he gave the Lord all the glory which we need to be doing, right? We as men of God should desire really to follow Paul's heart, Paul's example on the way uh, that we live, and as we strive to become those leaders that God calls us to be. You know, that's a perfect example in, in Paul's life. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll be looking at verses 2 through 7. It's actually on the screen here as well. It says here, Paul, here in, this, in these verses, Paul is, is writing to Timothy and he's describing the qualifications for bishops and overseers of the church. But these qualifications really also apply to every one of us here uh, in regards to spiritual leadership. It's very relevant to us as, as, as the leaders that we're called to, to be. So in 1 Timothy 3 to 7, uh, we'll read, A bishop, they must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence, for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and snare and the snare of the devil. These are very important principles of leadership. That as men of God, we should be living by to be effective spiritual leaders. And the first thing that we see here is that we are to be found blameless, right? We are to be living lives that are above reproach. That means not giving anyone any reason to find grounds 
to accuse us of misconduct. We don't want to give anybody a reason, whether it be in the church here, within the church, or outside, to find any reason to, 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 to see any misconduct in us. We want to be found blameless. And we cannot allow, we cannot allow compromise, sin to remain in our walks. You know, sin and compromise will hinder our ability to spiritually lead others. And we need to do away with that. A godly reputation will help serve as a strong witness in helping lead others to Christ. You know, and the worst thing in the life of a Christian, especially a leader, is to live a double life. You know, appearing holy, righteous in the church, but living an ungodly life outside the church. You know, people are watching us. People are watching the way we're living. And we need to have that standard and keep to that godly standard. And people definitely are watching. And how do we expect to lead our wives, our kids in the ways of the Lord if we are not living in a way that that we're called to live? If we're living compromised and sinful lives, how do we expect them to to live uh, holy, being uh, in a holy way? If they're seeing us living exactly the opposite, you know, how do we expect our unsafe family members or co-workers uh, to come to Christ if they see the sin in our lives? How do we expect them, us to lead them in, into Christ? To Christ, if we're living in a way that that's totally inconsistent with 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 God, with what God represents and what His Word tells us, we need to be careful. You know, how do we expect to lead in the church when we are living in consistent lives? You know, as leaders, we're called to live a life of good reputation. And that should be our, our, our desire, that our lives really will represent good reputation, you know, above reproach, blameless. Our lives need to be living epistles, right, that will reflect Christ in everything that we do, not just in this church, but also outside in in our workplaces, in the community, our lives really should reflect Christ. And people again are watching us. The husband of of one wife, you know, this entails being faithful to your wife, right? It means not taking that extra look at that attractive woman at work or out in the street or even in the church. You know, what does the Word say? That, you know, if 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 you... Look at another woman in a lustful way. You've already committed adultery. So, are we lusting after beauty, beautiful women out there? You know, are you looking at those billboards? Are you looking at the the computer at these women? That that's already committing adultery. You know, and 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 we need to be careful because if we allow ourselves to be unfaithful towards our spouse in these ways, we will disqualify ourselves from being effective spiritual leaders. We need to be careful. We need to be careful with our, our with our eyes where we're looking. And and if it means like we've talked before, ask the Holy Spirit to give you those spiritual blindfolds to 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 block that from you. Turn the other way. Walk the other way. Flee, as Joseph did. We need to do that as leaders. And and if we want to be effective in our leading, that's that starts with being faithful. Also with our wives. We don't want to be disqualified. For those of you who are single, you know, you're not off the hook. You know, if you also allow yourself to be entrapped by the sin of sexual lust 
and pornography, you will also disqualify yourself from being effective spiritual leaders. You need to be careful with that. We are to be temperate and sober-minded and of sound judgment. And and this means exercising self-control, self-discipline, self-restraint, and not allowing the flesh to hinder our mental state of mind. So, you know, possessing a sound spiritual mind allows the spiritual leader to control his personality, his habits, and his passions. A sound mind will, will help us. And as leaders, we're, we are to live lives that are respectable, right? And, and not live lives that bring shame to the name of Christ. And, uh, uh, you know, well-ordered life is the fruit of a well-ordered mind. The life of the believer should reflect the beauty and the orderliness of God. God is a God of order, right? And we need to emulate that in the way we live. It needs to be, there needs to be order in our lives. There shouldn't be any confusion. There shouldn't be any chaos. There's got to be some order. There's got to be some organization in the way we live. And we are to be hospitable, right, to others. We need to be hospitable to others, welcoming and serving people with that heart of service and not see it as really as an imposition on our time. You know, our hospitality ministry, they, they, they do a beautiful job in making people feel welcome and they serve them with the servant's heart. Our, 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 our greeters, right? They welcome people with, with that kind of heart of, you know, welcoming spirit. And that's how we need to be. We need to be uh, uh, hospitable to others and be serving people and not have a, a feeling like, oh, now I've got to do this again. Oh, here this, this person comes again. Now I've got to spend time and, and minister to this person. No, we, we need to be available. We need to have that, that, again, that heart of serving. And we're to lead and correct others with a spirit of gentleness and love and grace and not be argumentative when others do not receive our instruction. So it needs to be with a spirit of gentleness. And we all should be able to teach, right? As leaders, we should be able to teach. You don't have to be up here teaching. You could be, you, you, you equip yourselves through the Word, and you could teach others in, in, in the areas of the Word when others need to hear of that. So you equip yourselves, and the Lord will use you in different capacities to be able to minister to others that need encouragement. You know, so we should be able to teach and instruct others with the Word of God, with a sincere heart, to strengthen and to edify. We want to help build each other up. And as we teach others, we need to make sure that our personal lives, again, are blameless and consistent with what we're teaching others. Can't be up here teaching something and, and, and be out there teaching, I mean, living in a way that's totally inconsistent with what we're, what we're teaching here. It's got to be a consistency in the way we live. And, 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 and that will come out. If you're not living a life that's consistent with God's Word, and you're trying to minister and teach others, you're not going to be effective. It's not going to be a fruitful ministry for you. The Holy Spirit will reveal that in one way or another. And this teaching, of course, requires diligently studying God's Word, praying and preparing adequately, and teaching, of course, with the right attitude of joy, and not looking at it as an inconvenience. You know, as we teach, our goal should be to inspire others, you know, to dig deeper into the Scriptures 
and to, to, to instill that desire to grow more and more in the knowledge and understanding of God's Word and in the understanding of God's will. You know, as, 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 as I, it's a privilege, you know, it's an awesome privilege to be up here teaching and, and trying to encourage you guys to also uh, be built up and to grow in your faith and to grow in, in your knowledge of God's Word, to be that much more powerful in, the, in whatever plan the Lord has for you. And be able to lead in those ways. You know, so be teachable. Have that spirit of, 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 uh, of, of being open to, again, to that direction, instruction in those areas that need to be addressed. We're not to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, alcohol will quench the work of the Holy Spirit and hinder your usefulness as a Christian, let alone, let alone a leader. You know, the use of alcohol can't stumble the young believer or give the non-believer a reason not to come to Christ. We need to be careful with that. And we're not to be puffed up with pride, you know, but be leading with a humble heart. You know, our, our ministry as spiritual leaders need to be, it needs to be clothed with humility. It can't be a prideful heart. As a leader, you cannot have a prideful heart. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect your, your ministry. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hindrance for you to reach others. Because that pride is going to come out. That pride is going to be exposed by the Holy Spirit. And others will, will catch on. They're not going to receive from you. Don't allow pride to come in. You know, God will resist the proud and, and He does give grace to the humble. We're reminded again of the Apostle Paul. You know, he was the most important leader of the Christianity. He demonstrated the spirit of humility in everything that he did. All his his accomplishments were in the spirit of humility. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 15.9. It says, For I am the least of of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle. And in 1 Timothy 1.15 it says, Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And in Ephesians 3.8, it says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This was Paul's heart. And this is the heart that we should emulate as we serve our Lord, as we lead in the ministries, as we lead at home, we do it in a spirit of humility. Don't allow pride to come in. And as we lead in the ways of God, of course, we must always remember to give God the glory, right? We, we give Him the praise. After all, He's the one that's empowered us to be the leaders that He calls us to be. So we give Him the glory. And that's, again, what Paul, uh, you know, in, his, in everything that he did, he never fell short in giving God the glory, you know, 2 Corinthians 3.5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. It's all by His grace, and our sufficiency is from God. It's nothing that we have earned. It's nothing that we have, have built ourselves to, to, to be able to function in these capacities. God's grace and, and His sufficiency, His Holy Spirit that has, that has empowers us to do the things that we do for His glory. And that's what we need to be reminded. Don't take the glory. In Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, 
not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So we're not to covet also. We're not to covet or live for the love of money. These two things can disqualify us as effective leaders. You know, so financial reward cannot enter a leader's mind in exercise in the exercise of ministry. So money should never be the motive as we serve God. Money should never be a reason why we serve the Lord. It should never be the motive. And if we're, if we're uh, to be effective leaders, we also need to first have our house in order. Right? That's where really we need to make sure that if we intend to, 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 to serve in a ministry and church, our house needs to be in order. You know, and, and if our wife or kids do not submit to us and do not respect us, how do we expect to lead others? You know, our first ministry in spiritual leadership should start at home. Right? Joshua 24.15 But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It needs to start at home. Our ministry at home needs to be a priority for all of us. And we cannot get so busy with church ministry that we neglect our ministry at home. The ability to lead at home is a strong indicator of one's readiness and ability to lead in ministry in the church. So if you don't have your house in order, you need to pray that the Holy Spirit will help you get your house in order and, 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 and then He will use you in bigger ways. But again, if we're not faithful in the small things, which again, in this case, it would start at home, He's not going to entrust you with a bigger ministry in the church. And don't fool yourself. You know, we've had, we've had Christian, uh, we've had leaders, we've had people in ministry that have fallen short in that area, and it has, it has become evident that they will not have a fruitful ministry because they have chosen not to take care of the things at home. Things are not in order at home. And, and as leaders, they, have, they fall short. And that will become evident. You know, so you're not fooling anyone. You're not fooling yourself. You're not fooling the Lord. You're not going to fool anybody here because it will become evident. You will not be, again, an effective leader here in ministry in the church if your house is not in order. And we need to also, of course, make sure that in, in that area that, that our wife, if for those of you who are married, that really our wives are, are in support of us serving in ministry. It's very important that our spouses be supportive of us in serving in ministry. And if they're not, there's going to be a problem. If they're not in... In, in, in align with what your desires are in serving in a ministry, there, it's not going to be a powerful ministry because your spouse will bring you down. It's going to discourage you. We need our our spouses to to support us in, in by encouraging us by praying for us, and they need to be in agreement with in, with us serving in certain ministries in the church. If they're totally opposing that, they're they're going to be a hindrance to you being fruitful in the ministry. Pray. You know, if you, if you have a desire to serve in an area in, in, in ministry in church, and you know your wife is maybe not in total agreement or giving you a hard time, just be praying. 
Be praying that the Holy Spirit will work in her heart. And if it's God's will to serve for you to serve in that ministry, He will be able to change your, your wife's heart. But don't get ahead of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't start serving here in church and, and disregarding your wife completely and just have the attitude, wow, she, she just, she doesn't, she's not in agreement, she doesn't care, I'm just going to serve over here. I don't care what she says or, or thinks. Remember, you guys are one. Those of you guys that are married, you need to be a team. And 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 and, and personally, I I feel really blessed, you know, that I have my wife alongside of me in the ministries I serve. I know she's there. I know she's encouraging me. I know she's praying for me. We need our helpers, and they need to be in agreement with us and pray again if it needs prayer that God will change their their, their hearts. So, in summary, you know, we are called, are all called to spiritual leadership, and God has given every one of us here that poten- the, the potential to lead, and, and He will be faithful to empower us, to equip us, and, and to use us as the leaders that He calls us to be. Just submit to the Holy Spirit. Submit to the instruction of the Holy Spirit. You know, submit to that guidance. As, as He's pulling at your heart to lead in a certain area, just be open. And, and, and allow the, Holy, the work of the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit to take place. Don't, don't rebel. Don't, don't, don't be closed off. Don't justify why you shouldn't serve there, why you feel that's not your calling. That's, that's, uh, I'm above that kind of ministry. I have another, another plan to serve in this ministry. And so you're totally closed off to, to that leading of the Holy Spirit and the calling of the Holy Spirit. We need to be open. And we need to, you know, again, be faithful to the small things as, as he, he entrusts us to lead. And He will, of course, bless us in bigger ways in those roles as we're faithful in that. I'd like to close by reading Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 3-7. through 7. And it, it really, again, kind of reinforces and kind of summarizes all these things that we've discussed as leaders, you know, that we we all have this ministry as men of God to 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 be faithful to these ministries and to be leaders uh, in in our lives and in, in our walks and in, in at home and in the church. But let me go ahead and read that. It says we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank You, Lord, that You do have a plan for every man represented here tonight, Lord. We know that You uh, have given us that potential to be the leader that You call us to be. And help us, Lord. Help us be reminded of that. Help us get rid of those things that are hindering us from 
having that desire to, to be a leader, or things that are bringing us down, whether it be uh, shortcomings from the past, sins from the past, discouragements, doubts in our abilities, doubts in our, in our, in our ability to, to, to serve it as a leader, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us surrender that to You, Lord, by the power of Your Spirit, that You do have a plan, and help us be sub- submitting to Your Holy Spirit, and to... Uh, allow that refinement to allow that work of the Holy Spirit in our lives in those areas that we do need to get rid of those areas that you have spoken to us uh, in our hearts tonight Lord help us Lord those behaviors that that are getting in the way of, of us being the leaders that you call us to be Lord help us help us do away with whatever is bringing us down help us change our behaviors by the power of your spirit Lord thank you that as men of God you do call us to be leaders. Thank you for the privilege of of allowing us to lead others in, in your ways, Lord. In Jesus' name.